Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We have been doing a series on spiritual warfare, and we are at the moment talking about what I call the war boots of the gospel of peace. Amen. Remember, this is armor. So everything is designed to protect you, and everything has been designed for you to take the fight to the enemy. Do you know that? This armor isn't to hide in. This armor is to attack with. Amen? And so we need to understand the purpose of each piece of armor and also understand that we can't decide which piece we don't want. Amen. You know, we have to be careful that we're not saying, well, that's not that important. You know, when they dress you for battle, they make sure everything is on. If everything isn't on, they don't send you out. Because you're missing bits. Amen. Every piece is there for a reason. Either for you to defend yourself with, to protect you, or to attack. Amen. And so at the moment we're talking about all the pieces of armor that protect us. And also help us to take the battle to the enemy. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 6, it says here in verses 14 and 15, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, Having, remember all these are past tense, put on the breastplate of righteousness. And the third and last piece that has a past tense to it is, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So you need all of these three things on before you even get in the fight. Now we have been talking about peace and we looked at peace from two different places. We looked at peace with God and then the peace of God. We said that we need to have peace with God before we can have the peace of God. Our primary scripture was Romans chapter 5 verse 1, where it says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So because of what Jesus did on the cross, We have peace with God. God is no longer counting our sin against us. Remember we looked at that as well before. Amen? That we have peace with God. And that is really the message that we are meant to take out to people. Not that you better get saved or that God's going to send you to hell. (laughs) That's not a very peaceful message. Amen? Isn't that sad that God no longer has this barrier and if somebody is is going to hell, it's not because of anything God is doing, it's because it's everything they're doing. Because they just won't receive God's free gift. And remember again, He just doesn't send you there because He's just mad you didn't receive His gift either. Remember that the gift transforms you. Remember that nothing evil can go to heaven. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short. And so we needed to fix that, and only God could do that. And God says, Jesus Christ has paid the price, the new creation is available, now receive the free gift. And so because we have peace with God, we can also have the peace of God. Now that's what we're talking about today, and that's what we want to finish off with today. The peace of God. I want you to turn to John chapter 16 and look at verse 33. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Notice that in me you may have peace. Not out of me and apart from me. People are still looking for peace apart from God. There is a pseudo-peace out there. Okay? (laughs) There is a peace where things just get blocked out for a while, but it doesn't last because the thing that is going wrong in your life continues to go wrong in your life. It's like the person says, if you don't want anybody to see you, just shut your eyes. 
<laughs> no, they're still seeing you. All that's happening is you're not seeing them. Okay, <laughs> this doesn't work that way. Amen. And so you need to understand that the kind of peace that we need is the peace that comes from God. And we're going to see what that is. It is the kind of peace that you put your trust in God. And because you know God is bigger than everything, then you can have peace because He is looking after it. It's not that you're denying there's a problem. You just know there's something bigger than the problem looking after the problem. Amen. So we're going to see that today. So notice again, he says, These things have I spoken to you, or I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, and in the world, no, no, this he says, you will have tribulation. Some people wish Jesus didn't say that. But he said it, <laughs> okay? You're going to have trouble. He said it before the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Amen? He's saying, look, there's a thief in the world, he will come to cause you problems. And he's telling you here as well, you will have tribulation, but... Be of good cheer. You know, that's your choice. You can choose to be of bad cheer. Be upset. Mm, mad. Okay? You can be all those things if you want. But he's telling you, be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. He says, I don't care how big the problem is. I don't care if the whole world is against you. I'm bigger than all of it. I made it. I can take it out. That's a loose translation, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> okay? Remember Colossians 1.16, and it says, all things were created by Him and for Him. And everything, anything gets out of line, He'll fix it. Oh, get rid of it. <laughs> you know, one way or the other, it's going away. Okay, we're having fun with this, but the Lord has just reminded me, there are some things that will come against you that they shouldn't have come against you. And can I just say this? If you leave it alone, you'll be surprised that you never hear from it again. There are some things that will just go away. And He'll take care of it. Don't look back. Sodom and Gomorrah, remember? He said, don't look back, don't look back. That's why we forgive and move on. The Romans had a little bit of a problem with that, you know, because they like to just take them all out. And why the Apostle Paul said, uh, Vengeance is mine, said the Lord, I will repay. Because you know, they, they want vengeance is theirs. A lot of times we want to make vengeance ours. God is saying, leave it alone. You don't have enough information to judge it correctly and to take the correct action. That's up to me. You walk away. You leave it with me, I will look after it. Now, the only times that things don't get looked after is when we keep looking back and we keep taking a hold of it. When we allow it to affect us and we start thinking about it and then we put ourselves back in the problem and move on. Now, just so we understand what kind of peace we're talking about, the Greek word here again means the peace that prevails or a conquering peace. That's what we're talking about. A peace that prevails. A conquering peace. Do you know what that tells us? It means that wherever this peace is needed, there is a problem. There is turmoil. There is something that is trying to overtake you, your mind, your heart, your whole system. So you need a peace that will come in and conquer that. Did you get that? We need to understand what's going on here. Remember, this is a part of your armor. Amen? Which means there are things in your life that the enemy will come and upset you with and forcibly leave it there. 
You try to get rid of it. Have, have you ever tried that? You know, you, something bad happens and you're trying to get rid of it and it just stays with you. And you rebuke it and it comes back. It's like a yo-yo. You send it out, it comes back. Boomerang, whatever. You know, it just keeps coming back. And you're just thinking, I let that go. What is it doing here again? I won't think about it. And every time you say you won't think about it, you're thinking about it. Because you're thinking about it to say you won't think about it. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, whenever I get into one of those things, I think, oh, dear God, I'm thinking about it, to trying to get myself not to think about it, and it's not working. It's like trying to go to sleep. The harder you try, the more awake you are. Have you noticed? Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what? You just have to let go. And this is where you just let go and say, you know what, God, I'm leaving it with you. Every time it pops up, go, no. Not thinking about that. I'm moving on. And God will give you something to think about. In fact, you know what? Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Now we know these verses fairly well. He says, be anxious for nothing. The New King James says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So he's saying, you know what? Whenever you become troubled about anything, whenever you become anxious, go to God in prayer. Notice the two things. He says, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. You know why the thanksgiving comes in? Because you believe you receive. There's no need to thank Him if you don't think you're getting it. You only thank someone when you get something. So notice the prayer, the petition, then the thanksgiving. Which means, here's a problem, Lord, and thank you. Most Christians, they go, here's a problem, and we'll see what happens next. Dear God, I hope you're in a good mood. <laughs> okay? No, no, no. You're going to understand today that He is a God of peace. These are things that you need to know in order for you to understand the peace that is being spoken of here. Alright. Getting back to this. He says here, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse 7, And the peace of God. Notice the peace of God. Not the peace of ignorance. Not the peace of denial. Okay? But the peace of God. Now because it's a peace of God, notice what it says next. Which transcends all understanding. Remember it's a prevailing, conquering peace. Okay? So that when you have every reason not to be peaceful, you're still peaceful. And he says, is that guy on drugs? <laughs> Is he high? Yes, with the most high. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay? You got God, man. You're just like, yeah, I don't care what's going on. We walk by faith, not by sight. The whole world walks by sight, but you don't. You walk by faith. Faith in what? In God. He'll take care of it. Amen? And notice again, because it's a peace of God, it transcends all understanding. And it says, it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Now notice this. Now, I didn't put this in before, but notice verse 8. It's very interesting. And then he says, now, finally my brethren, what things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything trustworthy, meditate on these things. In other words, get your mind out of your problem. Think about something good. Amen. Because while you're thinking about, not thinking about what's bad, you're thinking about what's bad. 
Okay? So you've got to get your thinking away from what's bad to something good. And occupy yourself with something good. You're getting this. And once you occupy yourself with something good, then watch what happens. Verse 9. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. So he's saying, listen, you can have the peace of God because he's a God of peace. Do you get it? You have the peace of God from a God of peace. It's not a God that's in turmoil trying to give you peace. Whenever you tap into Him, you tap into peace. That should be the first characteristic that should appear in your life. As you pray more, you should become more peaceful, more settled, less of a pain. <laughs> okay? You know, okay? Your partner should go, wow, this is getting good. And that's what we should be doing. We should be moving towards peace constantly. And to such a degree that we can then impart that peace into other people when they need it. You cannot give someone something you don't have. You have to have peace in you in order to give that peace to someone. Amen? How do we get there? Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Wow. Notice. Perfect peace. Can you see those two words? Perfect. That was um, Isaiah 26.3. Perfect peace. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts you. You can have perfect peace because... You put your mind on God, not on the problem. And notice this, you trust in Him. That's where your peace comes from. You might not understand what's going on. You don't need to. You need, all you need to know is He knows. As long as He's got a handle on it, you don't need to. You know, when you go to a lawyer, when you go to a financial advisor, you, when you go to some expert out there, you tell them the problem... And the reason that you tell them the problem, prayer and petition, alright, is so that they can get a handle on it and they can fix it. You don't need a handle on the thing. That's what you pay them for. I don't want the handle, you keep the handle. I'll give you money, you get the handle, you do it. You all understand what I'm saying? Why is it that we think we have to understand everything when we hand it to God? We need to understand everything in order for it to work. Forget about it. You can't manage it in your brain anyway half the time. In time you'll grow up. In time he'll reveal things to you. In time you'll become smarter and wiser as you see solutions coming. Amen. As you allow God to work, you'll start to say, hmm, that's very interesting how you did that, God. And you become smart now. After the fact, but you can become smart. And you let him fix it. And you realize that he's got solutions that you couldn't think of. And it wouldn't have been anything you would have told him to do. <laughs> do you hear what I'm trying to say? Okay? There's so much in this. I hope you're getting this. This is where your peace comes from. I'm trying to show you how to step into this peace. You need to trust him that he knows what's good, that he will fix it, and if there's a problem, it won't get to you. He'll intercept the thing. Let me talk to you about that for just a minute. I don't know how many things in my life 
that God has just stepped in and stopped from happening. And while I'm whining about, why didn't I get that and why didn't I get this? I have not realized half the time, thank God I didn't lose this and lose that. Do you hear me? We have to be so careful. That's why in all things, give thanks. I just constantly thank God for everything, for everyone. I just, you know, I have learned, just have a heart of thanks. Just be happy, just be thankful. Amen? You know, it opens the door for God to keep blessing you. I have just learned that. It's just a thing. So, if ever I look at something that I think, you know, oh, why isn't that? I just stop myself immediately and I said, no. If I don't have it right now, it's because I'm not meant to have it. I'm thankful for everything that I have. And dear God, look at all I have. I thank you, God. That's how whatever thing is good, whatever thing is pure, any good report, anything good, think about that stuff. Because it keeps you in faith. When you whine and complain, you go out of faith. Do you hear me? When you thank God... You are rehearsing all the victories in your life. And if He can do all of that stuff, then He can do this. And He'll take care of it. Amen? Amen. Alright, let's move on. So it is up to you to keep your thoughts on God and Him alone. And again, you do that through what Philippians says. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't ever hang on to stuff. Just take it to God straight away. Amen? Okay. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Let's go there next. I had never really seen this. You know how sometimes you just read a verse and read a verse and read a verse and you focus on something in the verse and you miss the first bit? I use this to prove that we are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And you, know, you, come around, you come along to this verse and you look at it and say, see, your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body. And I've done so many studies on this and everything else. You know, I never noticed the first part of the verse. Look at the first part of the verse. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. When we think of sanctification, we go, because it means a cleansing of some description. Notice who does it. It's the God of peace. Whenever God comes to fix something in you, it'll be done in peace. That's why it is better for God to fix it than someone else to fix it. Some people claim to be God's kids and when they fix it, it's worse than when it was before. Have you noticed? Some people, you don't want their solution. And they come in the name of God. Can I just say this? The devil uses that a lot. And he gets in the way of what God is trying to do a lot of times. And if he can get some Christians to communicate something to you in the name of God, that you should fix this and you should do that, and it upsets you, then he is one. The devil is one. Because just out of spite, you won't do it. Oh, come on. You know what I'm talking about. You know when people ask the wrong way, you just think, no, just because you asked wrong, I'm not doing it. You don't ever check to see if they're right. Because you don't want to give them the satisfaction that what they said, you're now doing. Because then they have a big head and they walk off and say, See, I'm the one that changed him or her. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? And you don't want them to have that testimony. Bless God, they got a big enough head already. Come on. How do you know this? Because I had that problem. 
When I first started in ministry, everybody gives you advice. Everybody does the, you know, I'm going to tell you now what you need to know. And dear Jesus, I just, you know, I was so mad and I didn't want to do that because they told me and the way they told me it wasn't right and I'm not doing that. Yes, I was a baby Christian in nappies trying to run a ministry. It wasn't nice. Okay? Okay? And I still remember to this day, as I was complaining to God, you know God, He doesn't say much, but when He says something, it just whacks you in the head. I said, so what do you have to say about this God? Now I'm waiting for him to say, that's right, because I'm the one, I'm the only one that judges, and I've said, touch not my anointed, and how dare they touch you. I'm waiting for all that. You know what he said? Are they right? <laughs> that's not what I want to know. That's not. Can I get another opinion? <laughs> okay. It was like, mm. he said, settle down. Are they right? I said, go on. Maybe. <laughs> Depends who's looking. <laughs> and they were right. They were horrible in the way they did it, but they were right. You see, we shouldn't have a battle to change from doing what's wrong to what's right because of the way things are presented to you. Don't ever become a problem to someone else in the way you're telling them so that they see you, not God. Huh? And for them to change means they're submitting to you, not God. Be careful how you present that information. Are you all here? Okay, because notice it says that the God of peace himself will sanctify you. Okay, so when he comes to change something in your life, he'll come in peace. It'll be shalom. And he'll just come in and say, yeah, some things you know, yeah, right. You go, yeah, I know. Are we ready to change it? You know it's a new year now. <laughs> I know it's a new year. Think I should make this one of my resolutions? Maybe you should. Might be a good idea, huh? It's only wrecking your life. Yeah, you know that's true. And you don't want the devil to get away with this. You know that's true. And you want to be better. I do. At the end, you come out thinking, I'm so glad I made that decision. And that's where you want to be. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's just move on. He says, so again, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. Watch this, blameless. See, he wants to fix you up so that when he comes back, there's nothing in you. Now remember, that's not, does not mean that we are perfect. It just means we know how to use 1 John 1.9. And we do it very quickly. If we confess, if we acknowledge our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Which means you're righteous again. Amen. That's perfect. Because it's God's perfection, not yours. Your perfection, filthy rags. His perfection is perfect. Amen. So we need to always rely on that. This was so important that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul repeats it, and he says, Now may the Lord of peace Himself give you peace. Watch this, always, in every way. That means regardless of what you're going through, it doesn't matter. Always, in every way. 
Always, in every way, you should be walking in the, God, in, in the peace of God. Not a peace that has a reason behind it. Do you understand the difference here? But a peace that is unreasonable. It's just there regardless. Amen? This is an outworking of John 14.27. We're looking at peace, but I need you to know where the origin of all this is as well. I spoke to you about one scripture before, but here again we encounter Jesus. And He says in John 14.27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. That is so powerful. You think anything ever upset the Lord? The only time he ever got upset was when he had a righteous anger in the temple. Or when the Pharisees, oh, I don't know how he he just kept it together. You know, I I would have just, it was God, man. Turns water into wine. I would have turned those turkeys into turkeys. I said, you want to act like a turkey? Be one. And we'll serve you up at Thanksgiving. You know? know? (laughs) Remember, he can do all kinds of things. We still haven't figured that one out. Anyway, we'll get there one day. Notice he says, Peace I leave with you. And then he says, My peace I give to you. So he takes the peace that is so powerful that no demon that would rush up from tombs, that would kill everybody, comes up to him. He doesn't fuss. He looks at it. He casts the demons out. They asked to go into pigs. He says, fine. As long as the man is free. You know, those people shouldn't have had pigs anyway. That's why he led them. Because they know what you're doing wrong, by the way. Because they inspired it. Did you get that? Okay, Alright, so they know all the loopholes. Because they made them. That's why Jesus said, okay. If it was horses, or if it was something that these people, you know, had a right to have, He wouldn't allow them to go even into them. He would have said, no. He wouldn't give him permission to do nothing. But he can't stop things from happening that you put into motion. Because it's your will. And you decide to go against God. And God's not going to go against himself to fix something. You need to be in agreement with him. And then it will all get sorted out. Amen? Some pe- Anyway, let's not go there. I don't have time. Alright. <laughs> now notice he says, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives... See, so there is a peace that the world gives. I told you, there is a pseudo-peace out there. Okay? And he's saying, this is not the kind of peace that you've heard about. You know, kind of cross your legs and you're floating six feet up in there. That's not the kind of peace I'm giving you. I'm giving you something that, that is battle-worthy. You know, some of those guys, you shoot them, they die. That's the end of it. But when you have God around you, people have said this, people have attested to it. You know, people have taken shots at people and everything else, and you know, the bullets just drop before they get there. Yeah, that's when you have God's peace, and it looks after you. Don't go test it out, by the way. All right? This is for occasions when it really happens. You don't take a gun and check it out. Okay. He says here again, My peace I give to you, not as, a, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These are choices, he says, you must make. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You don't let it be troubled. Get it? Amen? So you, you know, that's when you say, I won't let my heart be troubled. I will not let my heart be troubled. 
Some days you've got to talk to your little heart because it gets troubled. Amen. And you need to say, little heart, we're not going to get troubled. We will not allow this to trouble us. You know you can speak to yourself and strengthen yourself and appropriate a promise of God into your life that will actually start to have an outworking. You will actually start to feel that power and that anointing and that grace start to just fill up all the holes and all the gaps in your life. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? But you need to say that. Just as much as the devil has trained people to say, Oh, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. You're going to die. Hey, you're, gonna, you're calling it in. All your angels step back and say, they want to die, let them have it. Yeah. You know, we, we can do something about this, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. don't be Elisha's servant, be Elisha. Right. <laughs> okay? Okay. All right, never mind. You get that, you get that. No, don't worry about it. Okay, moving on. Notice that it is God's peace that we've been given and why it is vital that we do what the Apostle Paul says now in Colossians 3.15 and that is let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body you are all called to live in peace. I want, to go, want you to go back. He says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Let that peace rule. Let it rule. Don't let the problem or the anxiousness or the worry rule. Don't allow negative things to rule in your heart. Let the peace that comes from God, that comes from Christ, rule in your heart. Let it. Let's move on. When we do this, even though there may be turmoil all around us, we still have a peace and quietness within that defies all reason and understanding. Now it is true that we all have limitations. Can I get amen on that? Okay. And why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as much as depends on you. Did you get this? As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Some people you want to push their face in. It's very hard to live at peace with some people. Because they just aggravate you every chance they get. That's, that's when I say loving from a distance. It's best not to get involved because they sin, you sin. They annoy you and you get annoyed. Those are both sins. <laughs> Did you get that? Okay. So you know what? Just stay away. Some days we just have to make the decision. You know, people say, oh no, just go up and love him and everything. Only if God tells you. Don't do it because it's a good thing. Do it because it's a God thing. Those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons, the daughters, the children of God. That's why even a good thing sometimes isn't a God thing. Therefore, it really isn't good. So there's a scripture to let you off the hook. Just a little bit. But keep working at it. <laughs> okay? Don't go, oh, that's it. I don't have to live in peace anymore. I'm just, no, 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 no. God wants you to improve. We must never stop trying to progress and improve. We always keep pushing that boundary. We want to become more peaceful. We want to become more centered. Because remember, that's when you hear God. Be still and know that I am God. Remember, God is not in all the noise and everything else. He's in that quiet, still, small voice. That's God. And to hear that still, small voice, you need to be at peace. Is that a revelation? <laughs> okay? So you need that peace to hear Him. When you hear Him, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. If He hears us, we're good. That's a really short version. 
Okay? He says that you will have whatever you ask. Amen. Okay. Let me conclude with some remarks as we finish this off. This is the peace we have been equipped with to not only give us clarity and strength in the most difficult situations, but also to invade the enemy's territory as well. And do so with the message or the gospel that we now have both peace with God and the peace of God. So we have these two things in our life. Peter T. O'Brien writes, Standing firm also involves carrying the attack into enemy territory of plundering Satan's kingdom by announcing the promise of divine rescue to the captives in the realm of darkness. Consistent with his use of military imagery elsewhere, Paul speaks of the weapons he uses in his warfare as being divinely powerful to demolish strongholds, to overthrow arguments, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's 2 Corinthians 10.4. This undoubtedly involves carrying the attack into enemy territory, which is clearly to adopt an offensive stand. He goes on to say, because this mighty announcement of reconciliation has become powerful in their lives, and I pray in your life, okay, they will not only resist the devil's influence or the evil influences of the powers and withstand temptation, but they also carry the attack into enemy territory by sharing and proclaiming this good news with others. This is the gospel of peace that we must be ready to share at any time with anyone. Amen? In other words, paradoxically, we are to be prepared to announce the gospel of peace as we, at the same time, engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. It is a person who has this quietness within them that even when there is turmoil all around them, the peace of God is present around them. This is a peace that prevails and a peace that conquers all. And why it is a part of God's invincible armor that now belongs to us. Amen? Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.